Hello and welcome to The Stuff of Stories, Episode 2. My name's Ian Pringle and I'm co-hosting this show with Sarah Jane Rose, who you will hear from shortly because she has conducted an interview with a wonderful woman called Kate Coleman, who's a traditional storyteller. Uh, And, uh, well, we'll catch up with Kate in a moment and, and Sarah and hear that story. But first, I just wanted to share something with you. Sarah and I together, we run a audiobook and podcast production service called Listening Shelf. You can find out more at www.listeningshelf.co.uk. But there's a particular thing that we offer which we think is a little bit different from other companies. We have a remote recording service. So this means that if you're an author or if you have a podcast and you want to record uh, uh, an audiobook or your podcast... Maybe it's a, a non-fiction audiobook and you feel that your voice is really important in terms of recording that book. You don't want to use a traditional narrator. In that case, what we can do is we can send you a portable booth. We call it the muffler pod. It's literally a pop-up booth that you can build inside your house. It's very simple to use and we'll even help you build it if if you need us to. Um, We'll send you microphones um, and all the equipment that you need, which includes something called a SIP codec, which basically is a very simple little computer that you don't need to look at. You just plug it in to to an Ethernet cable um, and turn it on and then immediately we can connect to you in your new little home studio from our own studio and we can record you as you narrate your book or as you conduct an interview for your podcast or whatever you want to do that you're recording. Um, And it means it just allows you to focus entirely on your performance, your reading of that book or your delivery of those important questions with your guest and we can manage everything else in the background. So if that's something that interests you, check it out on www.listingshelf.co.uk. Now, that's enough from me. Here's Sarah. I am Sarah Jane Rose and today I'm doing an outdoor... um, interview I guess. Um, I am in Stratford at the lovely Anne Hathaway's cottage and I've come to meet and chat to Kate Coleman who is a traditional storyteller of Kate's Story Tree. As you know we've been talking about different ways of telling stories and how storytelling has developed and I really wanted to speak to somebody in a slightly different world of storytelling Um, and I happen to have been lucky enough to have met Kate um, a couple of years ago at the RSC So I wanted to have a chat to her about her life as a storyteller. Hello, Kate. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm good, and it's really nice to see you. I know. (laughs) Not just anybody, but you. (laughs) Yeah. We've just... It's been... Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of years. It has, And it's nice to be just... Um, outside in this beautiful, beautiful setting. I don't know if you can hear on the recording the birds tweeting away in the background. Mm. We've got Anne Hathaway's cottage here. So it feels like the perfect place to be talking about stories. It really is, actually, the the perfect place. So, um, yeah, I've been living on site. I'll just say that I don't live in Anne Hathaway's cottage. It's probably a little bit cold in there. Um, But I live on site at the cottage. And she's allowed to live there as well. It's not just because it's closed. (laughs) She's not squatting in Anne Hathaway's cottage. (laughs) I have a key, front door key, definitely. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's a magical place, really. And I've been here for a year, although I've been telling stories, I'd say, arguably 
probably from the day I was born, of course, probably even before that. Um, but yeah, I've been here a year um, and it's been quite an interesting year. And obviously I have been telling stories prior to that, but spending a lot of time just kind of working on really my own stories. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's an amazing place to be. There's magic here. It's just lovely. absolute magic. So. Um, yeah, there's something just in the air, in this whole mm. area, isn't there, that feels magical and, and yeah. sort of storytelling. And I think just, um, obviously, you know, Shakespeare is quite an important storyteller. A couple of people have heard of him around here, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah quite a few. Um, but this is Anne Hathaway's mm. cottage and, um, well, her family cottage. And, and I guess for me as a woman and, and having a, that kind of female storytelling voice to be at Anne Hathaway's just thinking about maybe what her story was. Um, and obviously, we have the recent Hamnet book by yeah. Maggie Farrell, which is an excellent book, of course. Um, yeah, there's something I feel really at home here. It's just, I mean, you were telling me um, uh, I mean, like the story of when the estate agent, you spoke to the estate agent, they were like, mm, I think we've got the perfect place for you. <laughs> and then you come here and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it actually is the perfect place. And yes, I did, I did cry and um, hold on to his kind of coattails saying, please don't let me make me leave ever. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your journey as a storyteller and I guess what, you know, what that means. First of all, how did you get, how did this happen? How are you a storyteller? Um, so I think for me, I've always been a bit of a wanderer. I uh, left home at 18 and went to live in Italy and spent three, nearly four years living there. Um, I've worked many different jobs. I came back, uh, I got married, I got divorced. Um, oh. I worked in a Oh. We just wait for the tractor to go yeah. past. La la la. <laughs> there we go, the tractor's gone. <laughs> um, worked in a cheese shop, uh, worked in a cutlery, uh, making knives and forks, uh, worked as a teaching assistant, um, worked as a bookseller, which of course is one of the best jobs in the whole wide world, uh, worked as a nanny, worked in lots and lots of different places and just each time just kept jumping and going, this isn't quite what I want to do, but what is it that I do want to do? And and so I sat with a really good friend of mine, Laura, who uh, is one of the world's, Mother Nature's wise women, uh, who I'm very lucky to to have met and, and worked with. And uh, she said, there's a common theme in all of this, Kate. <laughs> and it tends to be stories. Whenever you talk about whichever job you've done, it's always been about the story of that and the story your voice within that so working with children or with book selling and and also kind of the the struggle of finding my voice mm -hmm. and perhaps living through other stories which I guess I have been doing continue to do but figuring out what it is that's really important to me and and for me, it's very much about I want people to, I want and possibly and need people to to hear what I have to say. Mm. Um, so yeah, I became a storyteller, um, but always have been yeah. a storyteller. And when you say I became a storyteller, how does how does that happen? Yeah, so I then took a leap of faith, which I'll just link in my growing up as Catholic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, so I've always been taught about faith and 
I guess that's something that I've explored through my life as well. But um, I took a leap of faith of my voice of myself and decided to become a storyteller. So how do you do that? How do you become a storyteller? And so I googled things and looked up what I could do and I found that there was the International School of Storytelling, uh, which you're nodding, of course, is one of the uh, kind of centres of storytelling uh, in the UK. But I actually went to um, learn the art of storytelling over in Galilee in northern Uh, Israel on a course with the um, School of Storytelling. And so it was quite an amazing experience. I've spent quite a bit of time traveling in the Middle East as a child as well we would go and visit places where um, that are very important in the Catholic Church and so I felt quite at home there in a way and and so I went to live there for a month with a group of other storytellers some were professionals and had been doing storytelling for years I was a complete novice naive um I've always felt quite brave and always tried things. So, um, so yeah, I don't. It's only really coming out of that experience that I think, wow, gosh, did I really do that? Mm. And I did, and it was an incredible experience. Um, the course was called Meeting the Other, and so about peace and conflict. And I guess I think at that time in my life, I was under quite a lot of conflict with myself and searching for peace, pushing away conflict, whereas actually I think those two things meet and really through story is a way to explore that. Mm -hmm. Um, Most stories will have... I was about to say that, I mean, the structure of almost all stories will have some element of of those things in it, isn't it? Yeah. And that's kind of what makes a story. Um, And so did the coming away from that, did you... What was what was kind of two of the things that you, that you took away from that and were like, okay, this is mine? Yeah. Um, I think I came away from it thinking, gosh, it's not as easy as I thought to be a storyteller. <laughs> you know? Um, it sounds like such a simple thing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's kind of just become a storyteller. No I went, okay, I'll go and do that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll invest in that, in you know, in myself. Um I think deep down I came away with feeling this is absolutely fundamentally what I want to do. This is the very beginning. No, not the very beginning. The beginning was at the beginning before all of that, but this really is the very first step. Um, And actually kind of putting that mirror up to yourself of going, this is who I thought I was. This is what I thought I wanted. This is how I thought I portrayed myself to the world. And actually, I don't think that is me. And I don't think that I want that to be me. But what is it that I want to be? So I came away with that kind of beginning of that journey of who are you? Mm. Kate, even putting my name Kate to that was um, something that I explored. So that was definitely kind of the fundamental thing. And also experiencing that, you know, in, in a country that is so steeped in story, in peace and conflict. Um, So I'd say that was the kind of seed that was planted. Mm. Um, And then also coming away from having worked with some incredible storytellers from all over the world. Um, 
Scottish, Dutch. Uh, there was a guy from Singapore, one from Germany. Um, you know, it was to be with them and hear their voices and think, you know, I'd always believed I'd kind of travelled and I was open and I was in, I understood diversity and different voices, but there is there are so many stories they'll never run out and yeah. and possibly just as I'm talking to you about it now I'm thinking although I'm talking um came away with listening okay yeah yeah so I'd say so, so went there to to express yourself and have a voice mm. and came away with a lot of listening, listening which is interesting because I think almost any form of um storytelling or any creative activity there's a huge amount of it that involves listening because if you're not listening to what's going on around you or not listening to your audience even then you Mm. can't you know you can't tell the story or you can't you know embrace the story um so yes that's interesting yeah and then so so then you're so you come back from that yep and then and do do they give you a sort of journey? Do they go, okay, so now you're now you've done this, this is what happens. You go here, here, and here, and then tick, you're a storyteller. <laughs> uh, no, they no. didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um No, I mean it was very much, you know, they do lots and lots of different courses. And I think it was it really is about your own journey Mm. and and for me particularly that course was so you know really drew me it was the location where it was meeting the other peace and conflict and and really it was a case of then of what are the ways do I want to explore and for me I've always loved working with children and something that I'm kind of journeying through now is you know my inner child my voice you know the stories that I loved as a child are incredibly important to me and and why is that um I'm really sitting with myself as a child you know as a 39 year old now and 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 playing and and having those stories and and really nurturing myself and then thinking well how do I want to work as a storyteller and and perhaps and well not perhaps but definitely knowing at times as a child being silenced being told to sit still mm. being told what to say um particularly in my upbringing that actually i really wanted to be a storyteller that created spaces for children whether they are very young children or us as adults yeah. but creating a space for those voices to be heard so creating a listening, being a storyteller who created a listening space, who, who would tell stories, but also be really open to hearing other stories in whatever form or voice that might be. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, as a parent, I think it's always really difficult. And as a parent who, who is creative, if you like, mm. but um, because, you know, obviously sometimes your children have to be quiet. <laughs> um, but but there is that element of me sort of going, OK, where, you know, where where is that line drawn in terms of letting them have the space to be creative and letting them sort of tell stories and to letting them get away with murder? You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, so like you see, giving them that space to be and the, you know the things that children are capable of coming out with oh, yeah. um, I mean you must have had it in so many so I um, met Kate I may have mentioned this at the beginning during a storytelling session when you were at the RSC yeah. um, and uh, and it was a 
a drop-in session um, and you were doing, so Kate would come in and and tell a story, but it wasn't just that. So tell us a little bit about that process because I love the way that that those sessions start and kind of all all the little Mm. elements of it which really bring out the... um, like you say, create that space for the for the children. Yeah. So I trained as a Montessori teacher, which I loved initially and then absolutely hated. Uh, no, not absolutely hated, but but it just wasn't me to be in the same room every day. Yeah. It's not who I am. Um, I'm a wanderer. I like to explore. So, um, but using thinking of that that the experience and the training I had as a Montessori teacher, you know, follow the child, trust the child and create an environment that is conducive to them creating and building themselves. So I found that incredibly important and something that I really wanted to incorporate into my storytelling. So whilst I am a traditional storyteller, I actually find that the space, I want to create a space and so often that will, well, more than often, although a little bit different now, have props and toys, blankets, um, craft materials, so that really children can come and sit and listen to a story and do something at the same time as well. And I think it's incredibly hard sometimes to sit and listen and look at somebody in the eye you know we're talking but my eye will be transferring around a little bit as I'm thinking of something I'll look up and but to actually sit still and look and listen I think we expect quite a lot um from children to to do that but actually by putting a few things in place that are for the child gives them permission to inhabit the space Mm. in a way that that feels comfortable for them you know you know meet them where they are and actually if we're meeting through the holding of a of a toy octopus you know it's no words are spoken and yet it's giving that permission it's saying you know I've thought of you I've you know I'm holding you in mind and and I want you to be comfortable and, and then perhaps you would like to listen to what I have to say. And and I've worked really hard kind of reflecting on that after each session, thinking, you know, how do I create a space where people feel that they are being heard even if they aren't saying anything? Because mm. um, interestingly, I do remember you coming to the RSS. <laughs> <laughs> Your shoulders just went yeah. up then. <laughs> And I think because you're wearing the same coat that you're prob- wearing today. I probably am. Yes, I probably am. <laughs> which is a beautiful, I'll just describe it to everybody, but it's a beautiful bright red coat. And it's kind of, it's really furry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stroking my own arm because I'm not allowed to stroke Sarah's. But that kind of, um, just the colour and the texture of it. Just to me, I'm, you know, it. It makes me want to come and give you a big hug. Obviously, I, I didn't because I didn't know you. And I, I can't do that now. But I just think little elements like that, you know, introducing things that evoke all of the senses, um, just... And things that can take them on their journey, isn't it? Yeah. So it's So it's, you're coming here to listen to a story, 
but actually and it goes back to what we were saying earlier that storytelling is about listening so you come to effectively a storytelling session but it's not necessarily about the story that you're listening to mm. it's about your own story within that and I personally think at the moment that that's more important than ever mm. because of the levels of anxiety yeah. and stress and everything that everyone no matter what you're going through at the moment that everyone is in then being heard mm. and being listened to um, is, is really important um, and I, I was involved in um, a voiceover actually recently which was about um, uh, sort of teachers and and pupils it wasn't just teachers it was teachers or carers or whoever it was that had inspired specific people um, to kind of change their lives or sort their lives out and, 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 it, and the whole thing about it was that you know I was seen and I was heard mm. you know, and it just took that one person to listen to yeah. them for them to have the confidence to move forward in, in, in whatever and it, and it was really lovely and I think and I think now that's incredibly important and it's why it's sort of one of the reasons that I wanted to do this a little bit with this podcast was just looking into that storytelling and just reminding people that that it's okay to because mm. I spent I say this I've probably mentioned it I think in the other podcast so little things like I remember and I see my daughter doing it now I remember spending hours and hours in front of the mirror telling stories <laughs> to myself brilliant um you know and it must have been you know as a form of you know therapy and expression mm. or whatever and my daughter does it now she was yeah. quite happy she sat in front of a mirror just talking to herself. Yeah. Um, but I think you could easily kind of interpret that as being, you know, a bit self-absorbed or, or, or yes. anything. You know, yeah. you could pull people back from that. And I think it's important to let people have that, whatever that outlet is. Um, but so, and what do you and what do you think is is sort of important now going forward with storytelling? Mm. And what have we missed? What do you think we've missed in the last year or so? You know, having. I mean, a lot, but a lot. <laughs> a lot. This, exactly this. Even um, just this, yeah, exactly. Even this conversation with yeah. an actual person. Yeah, exactly. Wearing, wearing whatever, whatever clothes we want to wear and, and that. I think it's, as human beings, I think we naturally gather. Mm. And even if that is two people, that's a gathering, mm. you know, or it's 10 or it's 100. And and we're, we're drawn to that. I think even... Um, you know, we talk about extrovert and introvert and ambivert and there's lots and lots of different terms. But I think we, there is this common theme of coming together and sharing what's important in our lives. Um, and storytelling can be, you know, we use that. It can, we can use it as the metaphor or we can tell, you know, our, our stories that are, are true to us. So that is, you know, this year has been so it's been you know we've been kind of put into these bubbles where I don't know I'm just imagining a bubble where the same stories going yeah, round and round and round thinking, and yeah. yeah and and just you know if I think back to you know I left home at 18 and and why did I do that probably because I was hearing the same stories yeah. and I wanted to to expand that bubble and hear different stories and and I did you know I did I had a wonderful childhood and an upbringing and heard lots of stories and we traveled a lot and but I think that bub yeah so that bubble was always expanding or mm. or or contracting or moving and going up and down and around and and we've really missed that we've we talk a lot about bubbles mm. you know create your bubble and and it feels narrow it's, for it feels me like, yeah it feels like there needs to be um 
something that you know your physical bubble is one thing but you, mm. you're kind of somehow you need inspiration f- from somewhere else and you know that's where some of the digital stuff that has happened has been has been really good but it's not the same as physically going somewhere um you know and, and that lack of inspiration so in terms of mm. writing stories now yeah. where where are you getting your actually tell us a little bit about what you're doing with your typewriter and the yeah. and the writing stories now yeah. which is really lovely so uh, so yeah so I've been uh, locked down for a year which has been for somebody who um, is searching out gatherings all of the time <laughs> and meeting other people um, it was very difficult and confusing at the beginning and if I'm honest I just kind of put my head um, under the pillow and and uh, just thought oh it'll only be a few weeks it'll be fine everything will come back and and it's been a whole year so I think I have really been doing quite a lot of inner work which I always thought I had been doing but really it really has been inner work now and perhaps a realization that I have been telling stories that I wish to tell so as a storyteller we were um, during the course uh, it was very much kind of we worked a lot about thinking, tell the stories that are important to you, mm. you know, because really your audience are going to know if you're telling a story that you're not really into. So um, so I've always told stories that have been important to me, but actually they are other people's stories. Mm. They might be age-old stories that resonate absolutely with me, but actually am I going around telling my story? I'm not. I'm still scared to do so. And so this year, I've been doing lots of my own writing. Uh, it's still very much my writing. It's not really out there in the world as such. Um, but moving into what is it that I want to say? What do I want the world to hear? And and how do I put that out there? So um, I have obtained a typewriter which has been wonderful, which is something that I've always wanted and then you kind of, life's busy and things. So I obtained a typewriter and started typing. Incredibly freeing. Uh, the letter T sticks a lot. <laughs> Just a little bit annoying. So a lot of the words will be at the end, but that's fine. That's okay. It's not perfect, which of course is good, but exactly that really. So I've been typing stories which are not perfect. And that's been incredibly liberating. Mm. Um, and the flow from the typewriter, the and then you forget you've come, you're typing away and you haven't looked up and you've come to the end of the page. It's just gone. And it's gone. And I think, oh no, I've missed it. I've got to go back again. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's very different for me. I, I don't type on a type on a computer. It's not my. That's a motorbike. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Or somebody with a very big exhaust. <laughs> Gone. Um, you know, I don't sit in front of a computer. It's not my choice to do that. So I would write. Um, but I think there would be frustration. I couldn't quite get it right or um, I don't know what it was. But I've always loved it. But actually the typewriter has just given me a different element. Uh, it's a sort of sense of rhythm. Exactly, rhythm. It. Exactly. It you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and my voice seems to flow differently. Uh, a voice that I like, a voice that I read back, and I think, yeah, I like that 
voice. Uh, it's less critical than I have been in the past. And so I wanted to explore this. And then it was National Storytelling Week, end of January, beginning of February. And so I just put out on my Facebook, if anybody would like me to write them a story, then I would love to do so. And the uptake was amazing. I've written over 100 stories mm-hmm. now. And what's been so incredible about it is people have asked me to write for grandparents, um, older mothers for daughters who might be 35, Mm. um, uh, parents for children um, and everybody's describing each other in such loving ways you know everybody has described the best features of the person that they want to write a story for, they've given little pieces of information that nobody else knows about Um, places that they love to go, things that they like to eat, favourite toys. And they give me this information and I create a story full of mistakes and using my imagination for it. And then I give that story back to them. It's no longer mine anymore. Mm -hmm. It's their story. And it's just, it's been an amazing response. Yeah, yeah. And I post them. So the envelope lands on the floor. And again, the response has been, oh, we never get any posts. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. to get posts. And to get posts of something that isn't, you know, uh, some generic thing mm. that's been printed off a computer or, you know, even that is, is just lovely. And in fact, um, somebody wrote me a letter. It's my friend, I know who it is. <laughs> it's an author friend of mine uh, who still writes um, postcards. Ah, oh, yes. And so I still get postcards from him. And I never reply and I'm useless. And he still <laughs> sends them, bless him. Um, and I love it. It's nothing, you know. It's, it's mm. lovely getting that physical thing where somebody's actually written it, written it down. Yeah. Um, so. And a postcards, are, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you've been perhaps been somewhere, or I guess not so much at the moment, but it's sharing that journey with yeah. you. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah. I was, I was, I, uh, after, I have to give him some ideas to send me some postcards from mm. like the end of his. Garden. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You can send it from the rose bush today, yeah. and then <laughs> from the bottom step, <laughs> the kitchen floor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there's one last thing that I'd really like to do. Yes. Okay. Uh, but first of all, actually, tell us a little bit about. So, if people want to find yeah. you and find out about you, where how do they find you? Yeah. Thank you. So, um, my name is Kate Coleman, and I created Kate's Story Tree. So, it's a place where people come and play, uh, tell stories, listen to stories, create and B and you can find me my website is katestorytree.co.uk and then I have Facebook Instagram and Twitter and it's all at Kate's Story Tree and it's got the double S so Kate's Story Tree yeah that's it cool yeah perfect now what I wanted to do and I should have mentioned this before because it's probably not here okay so at the beginning of Kate's Stories she always starts with the lovely sound oh, bowl yes. which I just love so yeah. I'd like to finish okay. on a gong okay Shall I run upstairs and get it? If you don't mind. Absolutely. You run upstairs. Sorry as I can. That's <laughs> no, you fine. Can, you're going to add. I'll just talk, talk randomly <laughs> about what's going on while Kate runs up the stairs at Anne Hathaway's cottage. I love those. 
It's one of my favourite things. It's just so lovely. And what made you, while we're on the subject, what, what made you go with the... It's a sound bowl. Isn't sound bowl, it? yeah. yeah. Um, so... I would describe myself as quite a quiet storyteller. Um, interestingly, I'm always quite flattered, actually, children. I've had a couple of children ask if I'm a grandma, <laughs> which is really <laughs> lovely because I don't have my own children and I am 39. So, um, but I do, my hair is quite, um, is going quite grey. But I, I love that because it really, to me, evokes however you feel with your grandma, which yeah. when I think of how I felt when my grandma was safe, loved, comfortable, yeah. comfortable listened to, um, very different to my relationship with my parents. And yeah. I think... Rightly so. Um, so I've always very flattered. So I would describe myself as a as a storyteller who's quite quiet, kind of grandma like, and so to kind of throw my voice feels quite alien to me. It feels a struggle, even kind of talking about it. I feel a bit, um, and so for me to kind of shout once upon a time or we're starting now, everybody, you know, mm. didn't feel right to me. So for me, the the this just draws everybody in together and just a very gentle mm. I'm inviting you to come and sit with me you can sit close to me you can sit far away there's no kind of expectation other than something is about to start mm. um, and it brings a little bit of magic too so, no it does yeah. I've always loved it so thank you so much it's been so lovely to see you <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do some more work together over the summer absolutely I cannot wait and mm -hmm. you can come here in your red coat, coat in my red whenever coat. you like <laughs> I'll watch out for you That was, that was really lovely. I was just going to say, which I think I mentioned at the beginning as well. So I, I met Kate uh, whenever it was. The time has gone uh, completely away from me. But um, when she was doing some storytelling at the RSC and I was just immediately drawn to her. And as, as she mentions her quietness and her stillness, which is just really beautiful in her storytelling. You know, she's not... It isn't a performance in that way. It's a, I'm doing this and you're welcome to listen and join in and take part. And she has all of these lovely things for them to be creative whilst they're doing it. So it's just really fascinating. It was really interesting to hear also obviously her story about how, how she became a storyteller. And it's really good. Yeah, no, she's definitely not bombastic, um, which I think is really refreshing. And, and there's something in the uh, particularly that choice of the singing bowl at the end and and that particular sound it's more meditative and I felt that from her her a particular style and approach to storytelling being something that's good for the soul um and 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 I'd the one thing I'm really taking from it I mean I have actually looked up the course that she she went on or the the company that runs those courses and they look amazing and I'd very very tempted to book myself onto one um but the thing that really stuck with me uh, was the, this idea of tell the stories that you care about. Um, yeah, that that's helped me. It's helped me thinking about my work and helped me think about maybe the books I'm less keen on, but I'm narrating anyway. 
So finding the things that I care about within those books, so at least I can kind of give it. But actually, making choices about what I choose to do based on the stories I want to tell, really. No, I think, and I think it's it's important. It's one of the things that I've been thinking about again, sort of from that, uh, and we've talked about it. Is the it's kind of why stories are so important because they can influence your decisions and how you, you know, you can obviously you can learn so much from listening to stories, but you can kind of just take one little thing and be like, oh yes, that that that's what I'm what what I'm going to use to inspire me at the moment or 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 something. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really they need to matter, don't they? Stories need to matter. Like just thinking about yeah. that and thinking about the boom, the the story of the the tsunami, and um, coming back to that idea, I think that it just it matters so much, and writers really need to think about that. I think authors need to think about if you're writing a book to fit a marketing strategy and to sell books. Well, I guess you know you've got to make a living, but. It's never going to be a great book if you don't care about the the content, or care about the story, yeah. um, and that story doesn't matter to you. And I think a lot of the things because doing uh, look, chatting about in the this uh, my wine and words thing, which is a, a sort of a book club with wine, and uh, and for me one of the things that that I find is because I'm uh, as we know that I listen to loads of audio books. I'm not particularly fussy about stories that I read. I just love stories and I love characters and so I very rarely I can't think of the last time that I didn't finish a book so I'd always go through to the end even if I don't if I don't really like it because there's always something so if you're writing a story and you've got characters that you care about then it could be that the other things are not are not as relevant as long as there's something that the listener or the reader can take away with them and kind of get hold of um for me, it's often the characters. I'm often really, really uh, sort of involved in the character's journey and, 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 and I want to go on that journey with them. Great. So, as ever, if you've liked this, um, then please do click the like button and share it if you think there's some useful content in here. Maybe you know some people that are interested in oral storytelling and uh, you want to pass this on to them, then please do. Um, also, if you um, if you liked listening to Kate and you'd like to hear her telling a story, um, then she's done a little bonus for us uh, on our, our sister podcast. That's another story told. Go to episode eleven, and you will hear Kate telling the story of the skeleton woman. Um, you should check that out. In the next episode, uh, sort of thinking about stories that are important to you. Uh, I guess you know there's nothing more truthful in some ways than than improvisation and so in the next episode we're going to be talking to uh, a woman called Kit do you want to quickly introduce her Sarah before the next episode yeah so um yeah, so we talked about, uh, and we're obviously going to be exploring different forms of storytelling. So we've gone down this sort of very traditional route at the moment. And so next we looked at this idea of improvised storytelling. And Kit runs a group. They are not a traditional improv company. What they do is improvised theatre. So in their improvised show, they create a whole show based on some a couple of things from the audience and uh, we get to talk to Kit about how and why she created that and how that's been working uh, which was really good as well Great. yeah so um listen to that next episode if you if you want to hear about that and uh for now thank you very much goodbye goodbye